Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. From our team to you, welcome to Season 2 of Convert Central. In Season 1, we've had the privilege of interviewing 15 converts across the months of Ramadan and Shawwal. This season, we have created a plethora of topics for every Muslim regardless of our background, our interests and our races. We pray that every podcast that we upload will be beneficial to you guys and meanwhile, enjoy listening to Season 2 of Convert Central. Welcome back to Convert Central. Alhamdulillah, so today we are again joined by a very special guest. His name is uh, Brother Brian Ibrahim Abdurrahman. So for those of you who have been keeping track, uh, maybe a handful of you guys have been. Uh, this is his third time on the podcast, and that means that he is put on right, right on top with Brother Ali with the most number of times being on Convert Central. So if I'm not wrong, his first podcast was sharing his Convert story, and uh, that is in Ramadan. And after subsequently, uh, he came onto our show again to share his Ramadan reflections. So this is his third time, and uh, for those who want to listen more about his story before coming to pick his brains about his experiences, inshallah, do head down to these episodes to take a listen. It just takes about forty minutes uh, to listen to this podcast, and then after that you can come uh, back here to listen to uh, this episode again. So Alhamdulillah. Our Fundamentals to Faith uh, episode 2 uh, continues with, uh, with an episode that focuses on assimilating to society today. And Islam comes to, with the perspective that you know, the test that everyone will face in dunya, regardless whether we are Muslims or not, uh, whether we believe in Islam or not, right, is the test of race. So, uh, you know, everywhere we are, everywhere we, whatever we're doing, right, regardless of uh, whether in Singapore, whether uh, Muslim or not, we will face and struggle with maintain, uh, you know, managing the diversity within races and religion and cultures. So, uh, let me just start off this, uh, you know, episode with asking Brian, uh, how, you know, have you managed your you know, this challenge of race in, in your life? Have you um, met this challenge before and how, how do you manage it? Speaking from a convert's point of view, I think uh, there's definitely a lot of things that as a convert in Singapore and being, uh, and being Chinese, uh, a lot of these things would affect my experience um, as, a practic- as a Muslim in a non-Muslim uh, majority country. But I think one of the things that uh, converts commonly face is uh, uh, people's reactions to us being Muslim, even though we are are of a specific race. So you you usually get a lot of questions, a a lot of uh, both positive and negative. Uh, A lot of times from Chinese people in general, um, I would receive uh, more are more negative responses mm-hmm. to all. Or you, or you became Muslim and then, and then like, they will go on to speak about things uh, which would generally be more negative. And for Muslims themselves, you know, I would generally receive more positive responses. So I think that's one of the, th- the things that uh, uh, converts will face as uh, not being Malay in a Muslim country like Singapore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess also, you know, uh, one of the things is our culture. So how how do we integrate you know, Chinese New Year, you know, um, Hai Raya, Deepa, Valley, all these kind of things, right? Even though we are of the Islamic faith now, and mm-hmm. as a Chinese, you know, like how how do I keep my obligations to my family during Chinese New Year during uh 
Mooncake Festival, you know, all, all, all these kind of things. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of the things I face. Uh. So uh, you briefly mentioned about this test of race and culture, right? So it, it's something that uh, you see, it, it's always very two-sided. So, you know, we are also a challenge to them because they have to deal with a Chinese that uh, comes into Islam and, you know, um, may or may not embrace back his Chinese culture depending on the kind of person that approaches this uh, challenge. You know, maybe he might be a, a you know, Chinese Muslim who dives into the Malay culture or maybe he, he is the kind of person who uh, still embraces his, his Chinese culture, you know, even while he's a Muslim. So just like how, uh, you know, managing their perspectives of us uh, it's a challenge to us. Them managing our presence in their lives is also a challenge to them. So everyone, oh, yeah. So everyone uh, faces this issue when it comes to uh, in dunya lah. Well, in this world, we all face this issue. And the the beautiful part about Islam is that is Islam never tells us to shun like, issues like this. So rather, you know, uh, all, all across the Quran, all across the uh, Sunnah, the, it was always Islamic guidelines to how to deal with. Uh, you know, uh, issues regarding diversity, not just uh, within, not just outside of Islam, but also even within Islamic practices and also within uh, differing Islamic, uh, you know, beliefs as well. So one of the main guidelines that Islam provides, right, is the kind of the guideline of respect, and you know, regardless of uh, whether our disagreements, uh, where our dis arguments stand, uh, we we still respect the other person. And this is extremely evident in, in, the, in the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There was an um, instance where a Jew uh, funeral procession was uh, you know, happening across uh, him and some of his companions. And he, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he stood up in respect for the uh, procession. So his companions were puzzled and asked him, why, why did this happen? So he said, you know, isn't he a creation of Allah too? You know, so uh, the... You know, the Prophet Sallallahu life was, you know, uh, really defined by these moments where he really showed respect to uh, people who were non-Muslim, who weren't his race, weren't his tribe, and weren't his faith. And, you know, this is just uh, in the biggest factor for, for us Muslims coming to uh, managing uh, races, diversity, and, you know, uh, cultures. You know, if, if we don't, if, even if we don't have knowledge of uh, these people and how they practice and what, what they think, the least we could do is to be respectful. We can agree to disagree that we have a disagreement in faith, but we are still two good people who disagree or two, go uh, two good people who are of different cultures, you know, but we can still be, uh, you know, uh, creations who are respectful to each other. So that's, that's the kind of uh, vision that Islam portrays to tackle this issue of diversity, not just in, you know, uh, racial religious lines, but in, in all types of diversity in life. So, yeah, uh, you know, we've discussed about diversity outside of Islam, which is uh, racial lines as well as cultural lines. But within Islam, there is also diversity. So that, that means uh, diversity in terms of uh, schools of thought, that's one, and also sometimes in theology. So... I'm, you know, I'm going to throw this ball to Brother Brian Scott and ask him, you know, uh, as a Muslim, how then do you manage it? You know, these differences when, when it comes to interfaith, uh, uh, sorry, intra-faith issues. I think the first thing about uh, when we tackle this issue is that we have to have understanding of uh, the, the issues at hand. And mm -hmm. I think it's quite uh, deep and quite complicated. So, with regards to the 
the math hubs we have four, right? Uh, the four main math hubs, and I think it's quite, it's a great mercy that mm -hmm. it's a great mercy that we have differing differing opinions because it makes religion a lot more flex a lot more flexible, mm. and it allows it to not be as you said, you know, like some people see religion as very hard, very um, rigid. Yeah, so it's so hard to practice from their point of view. Mm -hmm. But perhaps they didn't have the understanding of the religion that allowed them to see it for what it is and for what uh and for the versatile uh, and its versatility to be applied to every and any situation. But I believe that this aspect is also very dangerous because if you if you were to approach this by yourself without any uh um guidance from teachers and stuff, I think it's uh going to it's going to be very easy to go astray mm. because to, to be able to practice on you know, years, like hundreds of years you know, of scholarly tradition, you're going to need someone to, to, to guide you. And yes, even though there's so many opinions and everything, the best course of action is just to be careful and to seek knowledge first. So, you know, but, but ultimately I do see uh, the difference in scholarly opinions to be a form of Huge, huge mercy. All right, as you said, when when it comes to perhaps you know diversity, sometimes uh, intra-faith issues might uh, be more uh, challenging than interfaith issues because perhaps you know uh, we struggle with intra-faith issues every day, where interfaith issues might just come up. Uh, you know, uh, not too often. So when it comes to intra-faith issues, uh, you know, firstly is knowledge. We must be guided by knowledge, and we must also, like as mentioned, have respect in, in dispensing our thoughts, and that must always be guided by a teacher as well. So you know, otherwise you'll be fought. You know, be fighting an uphill battle. You know, it's gonna be extremely tough. And uh, I recall one of uh, Brother Ibrahim's favorite, uh, you know, sayings of the Quran is that religion is ease. So, you know, when it comes to religion, you know, uh, it's always better to, you know, come with a wider perspective. But of course, Islamic-guided perspective. But that is only possible with the empowerment of the knowledge of a teacher. Yeah. So, uh, for converts who just come into Islam, you know, and you, you find Islam to be of extremely conflicting sides and uh, not even comes to practice and even, you know, beliefs. Uh, take some time to you know sit down with someone who is more you know uh comfortable with the kind of issues that 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 is that that Islam has when it comes to diversity, and inshallah they will explain to you more. And we have to accept the fact that is Islam is is made to be easy when it comes to to the uh you know how we practice. Uh, there are uh hard hard rules that we cannot breach, but for for the other ones you know there there is room for interpretation. So. Uh, that's that, and and of course we would love to you know cover this on 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 a deeper level, but that is for our series in the future, inshallah. So uh, that brings me to the second and the the last part of our episode today, which is uh you know assimilating to different types of society. So you know not just as a convert, but also as a born Muslim who who is coming back to Islam. You know when we start practicing more, we we realize that you know inevitably our practices will draw us to the larger community. So uh, that means uh, we will have to kind of uh, cater for the needs of the community 
and ensure that we are one of uh, the beneficial uh, Muslims within the community itself. But that is a challenge there because context matters in our practices. So practicing in a Muslim majority country and society is much uh, different than practicing in a non-Muslim majority society. So in subtle differences that one might not uh, see at, at the start, but uh, these issues actually run pretty deep. So in the case for, let's say, Singapore, okay, we are a non-Muslim majority country, and that means that uh, there are some challenges that we have to face as Singaporean Muslims compared to other Muslims in Muslim majority countries uh, like Malaysia, Indonesia, you know, or even places like Saudi. So uh, one of these challenges are the celebration of different religious, uh, you know, different religious celebrations lah. Uh, Christmas, Christmas, Deepavali, you know, Chinese New Year. Uh, we all in Singapore, we have all. You know, we are like we are like everything goes. So in a Singapore Muslim will have to deal with that sensitivity as compared to a Muslim that is living in Saudi Arabia or even Malaysia. So uh, you know. Other than that, uh, the, the, the important points to note when we are in a non-Muslim majority uh, society include being respectful in our religion and, 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 our, and our speech to other people of different faiths and races. So uh, this means that we are actually some, somehow required of a certain level to understand their practices as well and their religions as well because uh, only when we understand uh, you know, uh, their religions and their practices just a little bit, our uh, actions from uh, towards them change from being tolerance to acceptance and understanding. So uh, that is actually essential to a Muslim that is living in a non-Muslim majority country. So uh, this is something that we all have to take note of in Singapore. So yeah, uh, that brings us to our discussion part and, and I, I think this is quite a healthy discussion here. So uh, I wanted to ask Brother Brian, after our Shahada, uh, what are the new responsibilities that, you know, uh, Mu'allah will assume as members of society? Because before conversion, uh, as a secular guy, you're not really bounded by any beliefs or guidance. Well, one thing definitely is that, you know, now, now at this point, you represent Islam. You are a representative of Islam to Muslims and non-Muslims non-Muslims alike. You know, once you become Muslim, you hold the hold the position where people look at you, right? And they, they think, oh, this is what Islam is. You know, they they think that um, this is what a this is what a Muslim is like, and so especially I feel like when um, when like how people look at uh, how non-Muslims look at people who converted, right? Sometimes they 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 look at you, and then and then they see that you chose this faith by choice. You know, you, this faith was your choice, and it's such a big part of you that definitely who you are. Um, but. They will, they, will associate, they will associate who you are with the faith. People mm-hmm. always say, don't, don't judge. Uh, Islam is perfect, but not me. So don't judge my religion for my imperfect, with my imperfections, right? But the thing is, when, we, when you say that, right, I feel like perhaps, you know, you could be used as an, used as an excuse to make mistakes and not try as hard. Because ultimately, uh, people will judge Islam based on you. So that's one responsibility that I feel that I gained after I became Muslim was that I was responsible for the image of Islam. Because mm. people definitely like, regardless of whatever we do, you know, we will judge mm. the, the, the religion based on the people who practice the religion. And uh, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, we can gain a lot of good deeds, you know, by 
um, putting on a good representation of the religion to, to non-Muslims mm-hmm. you know, and uh, spreading the, the, the message of Islam through like good, ca- good character, um, being a very merciful, co- comp- compassionate, forgiving person. But also we could do the, do the opposite. We could be very strict, overly strict, uh, extreme. We could be uh, very un very un-Islamic in our practices. And because of that, you know, people think, okay, you chose to become Muslim, right? So it was a choice. You weren't born into the faith, right? So definitely all these, all these, all these bad characteristics that you have, 100%, you know, like, what, this is the kind of person that chooses this faith. So like, I don't really have a, very good impression of this faith now because of what and who you and who you are. So um, that's one of the responsibilities that I felt like I faced, mm. Mm. Uh, especially in a non-Muslim majority country like Singapore. Right, it's more prevalent, right? Where, where people will actually, uh, people will like might scrutinize you more for mm. your uh, actions because of you being Muslim. I mean, there are also good things like, you know, of being Muslim in a place like Singapore. I, I, do, I do believe that, you know, in Singapore, Singapore is the best, if not like Singapore is one of the best, if not the best, uh, non-Muslim majority countries to be, to be staying in in this in the whole world, mm. because like we have so much so much uh, halal food, so many places to pray, you know. And I think Singapore has a great, great, great uh, interfaith interfaith tol- interfaith tolerance. The different faiths here generally respect each other to a great, great deal, and it's mutual. It's mutual respect, I feel. So, and even though people, you know, um, have their differences in 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 faith, ultimately, I still feel that uh, intolerance of someone else's faith. Is very frowned upon. very frowned upon by Singaporean so, so, society. So mm. Because of that, we are very incentivized, you know, to respect uh, each, each other's faith. Mm. So uh, you've actually touched on to uh, you know blessings of being a Muslim in Singapore. Uh, but but before that, you know, uh, when you talk about the impression that we give off as Muslims to Islam, right? You know, that might not even be the case for a Muslim majority country, if you notice, because if everyone there is Muslim, then like people won't even look at Islam anymore because, uh, you know, Muslims to Muslims don't really reflect Islam. So the, because of the fact that we are living among other religions, right? That gives us the kind of challenge that you mentioned earlier, that we have to represent Islam well, because, you know, uh, it's certainly not an issue in, 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 in Muslim-majority countries. So, mm-hmm. yeah, th- this, this is even an issue that is specific to um, non-Muslim-majority societies, you know, as, as you mentioned. So, yeah, you know, uh, moving on to the blessings, right? You know, we've talked about the sensitivities, the challenges of uh, practicing in a non-Muslim-majority society. But, you know, like, like what you've said, you know, uh, there are blessings as well. So, Especially in a place like Singapore, you know, like what you said, the interfaith dialogues, you know, and, and, and the opportunity to see other religions up close and personal, you know, uh, it, it's so hard to get an interfaith event, you know, 
in a majority dominated country uh, one faith because they might not even feel like uh, they're incentivized to speak up but in Singapore you know interfaith dialogues happen all the time it, it's as if there's no barrier to it and you know mostly most of these dialogues are very uh, you know regulated respect and, and very well moderated as well so a Singaporean Muslim gets so much opposite, uh, so much press, uh, precious time and opportunity to be in the presence of other races just just observing and, and learning from them you know from from their from their own perspective as well so other than that you know in singapore we have we have abundance of malls you know it's, it's not difficult even to find a mosque we have uh, we have no issue with halal food you know even though we are in a non-muslim majority country and and even for musola so actually in singapore you know even though we can be labeled as a non-muslim majority society uh, we have a lot to be grateful for you know uh, most of our needs as Muslims are met and it's met very, very comfortably. So uh, one last point before we conclude the episode. Uh, when it comes to uh, sensitivities, it's not something that we can grasp at, at, you know, at the get-go. So it takes time for us to learn uh, the, the lines of sensitivity, the lines of, of other people and, and their comfort zones. So in, in terms of that, you know, uh, I wanted to ask Brother Ibrahim, you know, uh, do you have any tips to learn the sensitivities to, to manage interracial relationships? I mean, I think one, one thing is to understand the perspectives of everyone else around you. And I think the only way to do that would be to um, have, not have non-Muslim friends, have people who, who you have exposure to as a, as a Muslim facing non, non-Muslims. Because in a world like Singapore, in a society like Singapore, and in this more globalized world, you know, as we're moving, for, moving forward, I believe that it's impossible to uh, avoid interactions with people of different faiths. And if you are able to understand where people come from and um, what their religions are and what they believe in and what they practice, I think it would really help our interactions with them because we are able to, re- to, to relate from their perspective. So like what I think would help would just be ha- maybe having a group of friends which are um, maybe, for example, from school or what, usually people who have exposure to friends who are non-Muslim. And experiences like this, I think, really help. Yeah, so, you know, like what Brother Ibrahim said, don't waste the opportunity that we have in, as Singaporeans that we are so easily exposed and we so easily blend into uh, groups and, and, you know, social groups of varying cultures and, and, and religions and take the opportunity within these interactions to learn from them as well. So uh, that is actually, you know, uh, one of the best ways personally that I can I learn to deal with these sensitivities. You learn on the go. Maybe the first few times you you yeah you, you're you're not too you don't do too well you apologize for them and then you move on uh you know I'm sure Singaporeans are extremely understanding so um you know uh take your time to to learn uh inshallah uh, mistakes will be made inshallah no worries and then uh, uh with time we will get much better at managing these sensitivities as Muslims and that is when we give da'wah through our actions as Muslims you know coming into uh when when we are seasoned enough. So, Alhamdulillah, uh, you know, yeah. being in Singapore brings its challenges, but also brings its uh, privileges as well. So, you know, if we, we are converts in Singapore, you know, uh, it, it's a better place to start off than many. And one of these places to start off at is at Darul Rakam. 
So, you know, with regards to sensitivities, with regards, with regards to diversity and how to manage them, for anyone who wants to find out more, for anyone who does, who, who, who is facing issues in these uh, aspects of their lives, do head down to Arkham. You know, they have uh, qualified teachers who specialize in managing these issues day to day. And, you know, each uh, challenge is different in terms of context. So, so speak to them. Or, or, or you know, if, if, if you guys don't have any uh, pressing issues at the moment, then take up a class, you know, with in, in maybe in Tawheed, just to understand the, the kind of respect that uh, Islamic teachers bring into teaching theology. And, and, and talking about the, the, the face of other religions in, in our country. So, yeah, you know, that, that brings a very nice conclusion to this chapter where, you know, uh, we, as Muslims, we have to assimilate to the Singaporean society, the Singaporean Muslim society. And that brings about its challenges and privileges and how we can cope around it. So, Alhamdulillah, uh, next week, we, actually, we are joined by Sister Nur Azilina. Uh, she's a Japanese convert. And inshallah, we'll be featuring her story as well as uh, the next episode of Fundamentals to Faith where we talk about Islamic practice. So thank you so much, Brother Brian, for joining us today. Inshallah, we will end with a Tasbih Kafara and Suratul Asa. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika shadu Allah ilaha ila anta astaghfiruka wa tubi ilaik. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wala asl innal insana lafi khusi illa ladhina amanu wa aminu salihati wa tawasu bil haqti wa tawasu bisabasubu. Okay, inshallah we will see you next week again. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Wa alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.